your host, Lillian Yang. And I'm your host, Fakri Shafai, and you are listening to Food Nonfiction. This is the first episode of 2016. We have a whole year ahead of us, so let's find out what foods we'll be eating more of this year. This episode is about food trends. The New York Times has an online tool called Chronicle. What does Chronicle do? Well, when you land on the Chronicle page, this is what it says, quote, Chronicle is a tool for tracking changes in language usage in New York Times coverage throughout its history. Any word or phrase's frequency of use can be graphed from 1851 to the present, reflecting world events, changing cultural norms, political or social influences, and language styles of different periods. So Chronicle is a graphing tool. You can input any word, and Chronicle will graph the frequency at which the word has appeared in the New York Times from 1851 to the present. Because the New York Times covers relevant topics, if a word shows up a lot one year, then you can say that it was relevant that year. Neil Irwin is a writer for the New York Times. He recognized that Chronicle could be used to track the development of trends and fads in the food world. With Chronicle, you could watch foods go from exotic, with zero mentions in articles, to popular, with plenty of references in articles. He calls it the Fried Calamari Index. This is because fried calamari is the perfect example of a food that went from exotic to mainstream. The first time fried calamari was mentioned in a New York Times article was 1975. In the 1970s and 80s, Long Island fishermen were suffering from low numbers of cod, flounder, and other traditionally harvested fish. So they were encouraged to catch and sell squid rather than only using it as a bait. Squid was not common on the menus in North America, so they were readily abundant in our waters. Around that time, you could still get squid for 10 cents a pound. But as restaurants started to adopt this new seafood, the price rose. According to data from Chronicle, fried calamari became steadily more popular until its peak in 1996, when it was mentioned in 56 articles. What are some foods that have peaked in popularity in recent years? Kale had a huge peak. Also quinoa, ramen, and Brussels sprouts. Up until this point, we've been citing data from the New York Times Chronicle tool. But in an effort to have a more well-rounded view of food trends, let's call on an expert. Before sea salt ever met caramel, and before we started wrapping everything in bacon, and even before people knew about something like kombucha on the tea shelf, there were people who saw it coming, and those people are people like me. She's been an executive chef for President's Choice. She's worked on global innovation strategies at Unilever. She's been chair of Canada's largest culinary school. She was the first director of culinary strategy at Maple Leaf Foods. And the list goes on. Anyways, she's now running her own company called Culinary Concierge. It's her job to see the food trends, recognize when they're going to peak, and help clients develop menu items and food products in time to meet the demands of popularity. My name's Christine Cuvillier, and I'm a global culinary trendologist. 
Yes, I too was delighted that that is a job you can have. So what sort of data or connections do you use in trend spotting for food? I travel the world and taste at food shows all the time. So I'm out there tasting new ideas that food companies have. I spend a lot of time cooking and eating with chefs around the world, talking to chefs about what they're cooking in their restaurants, new things they're trying, maybe as specials on menus and how consumers are liking it or not. I spend a lot of time in grocery stores looking at new products, tasting new products. I spend time in gourmet retail stores, you know, stores that have specialty food items. I watch what's happening in food magazines. It's all about taste, taste, taste. Okay, so let's revisit 2015. What are some things that you predicted would be popular that became popular? Well, one of the big trends in 2015, and as well, it will be a trend in 2016 and continue to grow, is all about vegetables being the star of the plate. Christine has predicted that vegetable dishes will become increasingly popular. She says that we're just beginning to see the root-to-leaf movement, which involves using all parts of the vegetable and being creative. She also clarified that it's not about vegetarian eating. It's about a greater appreciation and variety of vegetable cuisine. Think about um, great ways to be able to prepare vegetables, grilling and smoking and roasting and charring. It makes sense. I've definitely noticed and ended up ordering more Brussels sprouts and cauliflowers on menus. Christine puts out a much sought after trend watch report. So we asked her what is on it this year. So what is on the current Trend Watch report for this year? Well, one of, the, one of the things I'm looking at is sweet and heat. So we know that spicy flavors are really popular on restaurant menus and grocery shelves. But, you know, adventure consumers today want more complex flavors. So flavors like chilies and honey or sriracha and maple syrup. How about jalapeno honey? or sriracha peach jam. Another trend is one I am very excited about, and that is vegetable flavors of yogurt. I'm imagining a savory yogurt. Vegetable flavored yogurts are going to explode onto the grocery store shelves and restaurant menus this year. So flavors like butternut squash, sweet potato, carrot, beet, tomato. I had a fabulous parsnip vegetable yogurt. You know, they, they can be eaten on their own, but something like a vegetable-flavored yogurt lends itself so much to creating it in a recipe and using it as an ingredient. So think about putting it in a cheesecake or a frittata or mixing one of them in a smoothie or making a salad dressing out of one of a vegetable-flavored yogurt, even a soup or a sauce. So what if you did a great um, a roasted tomato uh, bisque soup? and drizzled a little bit of the tomato yogurt on top. It would be spectacular. Lastly, Christine predicts the rise of hummus. I think that in 2016, that hummus is going to become the next salsa. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Hummus is high in protein and high in fiber, but very low in fat. And I'm not talking about hummus only made with chickpeas, but think about things like black bean hummus or spicy red lentil chipotle hummus? How about an edamame hummus with roasted red peppers? Or a spicy yellow lentil hummus? I had a spectacular zesty sriracha carrot hummus. 
And I can't wait to see when we watch on grocery store shelves and gourmet retailers what kind of flavored hummuses are going to start to show up. This prediction that hummus is going to become huge in 2016 with a wide variety of flavors is really interesting. Because hummus is made from pulses, and the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization has declared that 2016 will be the International Year of Pulses. So my name is Sylvain Chalabois. I'm a professor in food distribution and policy at the University of Wales Food Institute. I think that pulses are a really new term for most people. Can you explain to me very simply what pulses are? Well, I mean, essentially, it's... Pulses are a plant, is a kind of plant, and uh, it's a family of uh, a plant that actually basically produces a, a germ of some sort, uh, and it grows out uh, outside the soil. You in that family, you have lentils, you have chickpeas, uh, you have beans as well, and they're all dried uh, germs per se. So that's really how you can describe uh, as simply as possible what pulses are. Pulses are known as plants that, are, that don't require much input. From a sustainable point of view, that's, that's an advantage, uh, a huge advantage. Uh, you don't need as much fertilizers. It generates its own nitrogen. And, and the other huge advantage is, uh, is water. Uh, you don't really need uh, much water to, uh, to produce pulses. How does a food trend start well, the first hint of a new flavor combination starts to show up at industry food shows around the world where uh, food companies are coming up with ideas that may or may not end up on grocery store shelves or may or may not inspire uh, restaurant chefs to put things on their menu. But that's where it starts. Sometimes then it, it, it moves into restaurant menus where chefs may have specials on their menu where they're testing out and trying things and to see how consumers are accepting them. You then might start to read about a trend in an industry magazine or read about a flavor or new product idea in an industry magazine. It moves from there to specialty gourmet stores. You know, think about um, in a number of gourmet stores across Canada and the United States where you know to go to buy something new and, and different. From there, some of the flavors and combinations and products might show up in, in magazines like Bon Appetit or Food and Wine that are, that are geared toward consumers, but still with people that, that really think about food all the time. From there, we might see them start to show up in grocery stores and be a little more accepted and a little more widespread and available. Hey, food buffs. I hope you're excited for this new year, and I hope you're excited to try all these new foods that we've talked about. So I noticed as we were listening and looking at all the different food trends that are supposed to pick up this year, that a lot of them already seem to be well established in at least the West Coast in California and Vancouver areas. I guess that means we're pretty ahead of the curve. Because food trends, they take time to develop. It's not like, you know, in a day, you'll see all these things on shelves. Up until 2013, the biggest purchaser of kale had been Pizza Hut. Not because they used it in pizzas or even in their salads. They used it as a decoration around their salad bars. But now I try to think of life before kale and it just... I don't... Never I remember that. life before kale. Because life before kale wasn't that long ago. You just couldn't 
get it but because or i don't know if you could because it just didn't even cross my mind to buy right i i wouldn't have even known to look for it in stores up until 2013. yeah and then you know all the yogis were buying it i swear recently all the food trends have come from yogis like coconut water and kale and kombucha those are all very yogi things so what about food trends that kind of busted oh yeah we were discussing earlier cupcakes right oh yeah cupcakes they really became huge to the point where there are stores dedicated to cupcakes which i find kind of crazy yeah it seems like you're pigeonholing yourself a little bit but but it was very successful for a while i know in san francisco there was a cupcake place every two blocks and here, there's still a few places that specialize in cupcakes, but they're definitely not everywhere like they used to be. A belated Happy New Year to everyone. Thanks so much for being our listeners, and we look forward to providing you many more interesting food tidbits over the coming year. Bye.